Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. This is going to be a real life stories edition of the Grace Point Daily Podcast, a missions story. This is going to be a powerful one. Tim Land of uh, Africa is going to be with us here in just a second. But before we get into that, thanks as always to listen for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Like, share, subscribe. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, check out some of the other stuff that we have going going on. Dr. R.B. Maynard, the verse-by-verse edition of the Grace Point Daily Podcast. He's getting better day by day. That shoulder's healing up, so keep praying for our our good old Dr. R.B. Maynard as he brings us the word each and every week. So you guys are awesome. I love to hear missionary stories, and I know, I know this is going to be a good one. So let's go ahead and welcome in Tim Land. Tim, how are you doing? I'm fine, Pastor. Thanks for the privilege of being on the podcast today. Look forward to it. Hey, we really appreciate it. Hand clap for you. Tim Land, Grace Point Daily Podcast. There we go. So, <laughs> hey, uh, this is going to be one you're not going to have to sell me on, Tim Land. I am an Africa junkie. Uh, my, I, I was born in Nebraska, but I was born for missions in the heart of Uganda, mm-hmm. Africa. And wow. since then, uh, just that's I think about it all the time. I go back and I've had other great missionary experiences. Uh, but at the end of the day, I want to go to Africa. Amen. Welcome to see us. We'd love to have you. Hey, give us a quick bio of who you are, and then we'll start diving into your story. Well, I grew up in Oklahoma. Um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Sooners fan. I, I know Uh-oh. you probably are, too, being from Nebraska. <laughs> right. But, uh, those were the good old days, the big eight. <laughs> Nebraska, what That's happened it. to those days? You know? Oh, no, they, they sold out. I don't know. Something. I, know. I grew up in Oklahoma. My wife grew up in uh, Illinois on the Illinois side of St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Uh, we met in Bible College in Springfield and spent the first 20 plus years of our ministry as children's pastors all across the U.S. Uh, churches from the Metro D.C. area to uh, Tucson, Arizona, and a bunch of places in between. And it seemed like our niche as children's pastors was to come in and figure out what part of the system of children's ministries was um, lacking, build a support system for that or beef that up or create something or rebirth something Mm -hmm. um, and bring it to a place of health. And then the Lord would pick us up and take us somewhere else. And so um, we kind of had that as a part of our uh, DNA and we didn't really realize how much God was preparing us for missions until we launched out into the missions process uh, uh, in uh, 2014. And it kind of seemed like, wow, Lord, you've done this well, and you've put things in our tool belt that we can use overseas. And so we Mm -hmm. are children's missionaries, uh, have served our first term in Cameroon. Uh, We kind of have a unique bit to our story. Our first term ended after two years and two months, the first uh, 15 months being in France at language school, and then the next 11 months in Cameroon on a visa. Um, And then we had to come back because of uh, the lack of, uh, they wouldn't give us an extension, it wouldn't give us a residency card, so we had to come back and start over on a new visa in the summer Mm. of 18. Okay. Wow. That has been our experience thus far. Yeah, that's cool. I, you know, I love children's ministry. I'm not a children's pastor or haven't been in the past, but a great friend of mine, we won't dive into this, but Rich and Deb Reed of Lesotho, Africa, 
Shout mm-hmm. out to them. Super, super good friends of mine. I've been there about six times, I think, Lesotho, Africa. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I love those guys. Dear friends of mine. Well, take us back, Tim Land. Take us back to the beginning. In the beginning, Tim Land, what? <laughs> you know, we were, wow. You, you, your, your spiritual beginning. Did you grow up in a Christian home or what was life for you, like for you growing up? I did. I grew up the youngest of five. Uh, I think I was. Uh, I think I was out of church the first seven days of my life only because I was in the hospital <laughs> uh, in an oxygen tent because I was a preemie. But outside oh, wow. of that, I've uh, I've been in church all of my life. Uh, I actually went to a, uh, a university in Oklahoma, um, a, a state school in Oklahoma, to study education uh, before I went to Bible school. Uh, went went a few years there, and then finally the Lord allowed me to go to uh, CBC. But I did grow up in a Christian home. I, I grew up knowing the Lord. I, I grew up, you know, the the proverbial getting saved every Sunday night at the altar okay. <laughs> um, uh, as a kid and, and that sort of thing. Um, my teen years were strong for the Lord. And then I went to college and I had to define who I was going to be for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I was on a journey at that point. And um, I, I wasn't living strong for the Lord, part of my college years at the state university level. Um, but the Lord brought me back and I, and I went through, um, a, just a season of, of, uh, of growing as to who I was going to be and kind of claiming my faith as my own mm. in those years. Um, I have a strong Christian family. Um, my folks still live on the, the farm in Oklahoma and, um, uh, and all of that. My siblings are spread all over. Um, uh, but uh, strong Christian home. My wife's family is the same. She grew up the youngest of five. Um, two of her brothers are pastors in Illinois. One of her brothers is also a missionary uh, in uh, Senegal, West Africa. Okay. Um, and so both of us come from strong Christian heritage settings. Wow. Um, uh, we, uh, when we got married, two years and nine months into our marriage, my wife came down with, uh, was diagnosed with um, some muscle disorders. This would have been in the late 90s. She was diagnosed with uh, uh, some muscle disorders and, and went through a period of 13 and a half years of, of extreme inability. Hmm. Um, a lot of it, she was uh, bedridden or couch ridden, um, hmm. homebound, uh, was not able to have children, and God blessed us with two miraculously. Praise God. Two daughters. Um, and 13 and a half years later, after the beginning of that uh, muscle disorder time, God miraculously healed her. Uh, someone brought a prophetic word to us sitting in our office uh, as children's pastors in Tucson, Arizona. Someone walked in and, and said, God's given me a word for you. And now, typically, when I hear those those words I kind of say, I'll, I'll gladly set up an appointment for the second Tuesday of November, you know, for a date that's not ever going to come. Um, but the Lord just really kept bringing that back to my heart and mind and, and prompting us. And so we met with her and um, an hour and 40 minutes later, when she was finished, um, God had completed some work in both of us. And my wife was miraculously healed that day. Uh, of the muscle disorders mm. and has, has never been the same. Wow. Um, so we've, we've walked through seasons of challenge. We've walked through 
um, instances of healing. We've walked through um, progressive healings with our daughters. Uh, it's been a it's been a real um, journey of adventure for us. Hmm. How did now? How did you and your wife meet? Was that in college? Was that in Bible college? Where was that at? Yeah, we met at uh, Central Bible College in Springfield um, uh, and met there when we were in classes there together. Um, uh, and uh, the first time I met her family, all of her, I'm 5'8", and all of her brothers are over six foot. Okay. <laughs> so I, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's, we've, we've had a, uh, a wonderful relationship and a wonderful relationship with our our family. You, you probably didn't eat enough Nebraska corn growing up. That's the problem. See, like I'm six two. It's the, you, you got to eat a lot of Nebraska corn. That's the problem. Well, that's likely <laughs> it. Yeah, uh, or corn fed something. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> wow. So when you guys met, did was that? Did you hit it off right away? Was it something you had to explore that relationship? Did you both had a passion for children's ministry? What was what was happening when you guys first met? We, we both knew when we met that that God had brought us together. Now, my wife, uh, I, I felt called to children's ministry when I was a kid. Uh, I, I knew God called me to ministry at the age of nine and directed into children's ministry in my early teen years. Um, and my wife felt called to ministry at the age of nine, but she knew at the age of nine she was going to be a missionary. And so one day as we were beginning our relationship, she she really had to pray and say, Lord, mm. you've called me to missions and he's open to missions, but yeah. he's not called to missions. So how does this work? And God spoke to her and said, this is your next step. And, and for that, I said, thank you, Lord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. And so we, we, uh, we knew that it was going to be to children. Um, we knew our ministry would be to children. We've uh, we were the senior pastors of another church um, toward the end of our children's ministry. And you, you say you're not a children's pastor, but a funny joke that I say is the difference between children's ministry and senior <laughs> pastor many times is height of congregation. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, but God's been faithful. He's been good to us. We, we knew all along and we waited and waited and waited for the right time. Every transition we made, we asked the Lord if it was time to go to missions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, as, as we were pastoring, uh, I got a call from the BGMC office um, and was invited. Both of us were invited to go to Tanzania to teach at a, at a leader's training conference. And so we, we prayed about that. And uh, long story short, the Lord would not allow Jenny to go. He told her that he had a work to do in me. and She did not tell me any of this until we, we got back from the trip, until I returned. Hmm. But while we were there, while I was there, and had participated in the training and, and spent several days um, uh, training national leaders and, and pastors as well as children's leaders. Uh, one of them came up to me and, and said, thanks for coming. Please come back. And the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart and said, get your house in order. This is wow. what you're going to do. Hmm. And so I knew at that point it was time. I didn't know how. Um, I didn't know what to do. And to be real honest, when I got home uh, back to the States, it took me three months to even be able to talk about it with anybody except Jenny, okay. uh, my wife. Wow. Because I, as soon as I would begin to talk, I would just weep because I knew that was our next our next step. And so and in that time, we 
we asked the Lord to speak to our children um, and said, Lord, if this is going to be something that we're going to do as a family, then call our children and and uh, uh, speak to our children, somehow let them know. And my daughter was 10 at the time, my oldest, and she went to a, a PKMK retreat in the district where we were serving, came home from that retreat and said, uh, uh, like a like a little adult, she set us down on the couch and said, uh, um, you know, you, you need to be prepared at this retreat. God called me to the mission field and you need to be prepared that when I grow up, I'm probably not going to be with you uh, often. Uh, I'll be overseas. <laughs> wow. And we we sat on a couch crying and trying really hard not to elbow each other because we were kind of laughing, saying, girl, you, you're going to go a whole lot faster than you think you're going to go. <laughs> uh, so God, God even prepared our children. And for that, I'm thankful. Yeah. It's such an amazing thing. I love hearing the, the stories. Number one of, of husband, wife, wife, husband. It's always interesting how a lot of times I feel like I hear, you know, God speaks to one first and then it has to work on the other one. And a lot of times it's not like in just perfect unison, right? It's kind of like God right. speaks and it kind of, it comes together, but it's very unique how God has to speak individually and then brings that together. And, and it's really not always the fun thing to be the project that God has to work on. Yeah, right, right. Uh, you yeah, know? I heard and first, you're a- just the loser. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, but God, God's, uh, God's been good to us and, and uh, it's, it's been quite a journey. Wow. Now, were you in, well, as you were children's pastor serving in these various churches, were you doing a lot of short-term missions throughout that time? And was that always bubbling up or was you mentioned that one mission trip where it was really kind of the, the where God stamped you, if you will. Um, but was you know, he speaking it through the other mission trips as well? I, I, I always felt impressed to be a sender uh, as a children's pastor. We, we raised, we raised a lot of money over the years for BGMC. We raised a lot of money for, uh, missionary projects we uh, we raised uh, for for independent missions. Whatever was in front of us, we we raised money for it and mm-hmm. and gave money um, and prayed for and always supported missions. And I had a heart for it. I never really had the opportunity uh, okay. to go uh, in in some places. And it, it, it's 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 um, seems like uh, more in. In the last recent years, it's it's been more open for for uh, children's pastor friends of mine to go and things like that. Yeah, um, didn't didn't happen a lot in early years, and and I didn't I wasn't able to take advantage of any of that until um, until that 2011 trip to uh, to Tanzania. That was my first shot, my wow. first time. Oh wow! Um, yeah, as a as a teen, I went on a. Uh, a, a teen missions trip down in Mexico. We we did children's ministry under a tent in the in the garbage dump of Mexico City. Um, but it was it was always something that um, that I revered, I respected, mm-hmm. um, and and in any way that I can put the tool belt on and be a part of what's <laughs> going on. That's what we always did, you know. Yeah. But uh, as far as overseas uh, uh, crossing the ocean, that that Tanzania was the first shot. Uh, wow. Being over the ocean. So, yeah. Which brings up a couple of things that I think are important when we talk about missions. Number one is that there's so many beautiful roles that we all can play in missions, right? It's like sometimes the missionary comes to the church and we think to be a, you know, the only aspect of being a missionary or a part of the missionary process is 
going or, or just giving money. But, you know, sometimes they're, like you said, sometimes it's raising funds. Uh, there's a lot of various areas that you can put your time, energy, effort, resources, and talents in, in the whole missions game, if you will, right? It's not just money and then actually go. There's so many phases of missions that we can all be a part of. And I think we're all called to be a part of. Right. Absolutely. There's, you know, the, to, to strip it down to BGMC and, and kids lingo, I would give you three words. The first word is pray. Everybody can pray and everybody yeah. should be praying. And in your praying, uh, a part of your praying should be praying for the missionary, praying for the work that's over there, and then praying and saying, God, what can I do? Mm-hmm. How can I be a part? That's a part of the sacrificial prayer uh, that that we can offer. And in that prayer, in, in that specific moment is, is, am I to give something or am I to go myself? Mm-hmm. Um, what can I do? And, and I'm, I'm confident, uh, all of my years in ministry, I've been confident that as I earnestly prayed that prayer, the Lord would answer me. And sometimes that was, uh, monetary. Sometimes that was encouragement to, to write or send or call, Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that was, uh, to, to pray specifically for something. Um, and sometimes that was to get up out of my, my comfort zone and do something. And so, yeah. um, yeah. Th- and, and, you know, you, we, we have a, we have a, um, uh, a, a nice way of saying some of these things. And one of the thing, one of the ways that I would say that is there's, there's different anointings for different individuals for different seasons. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Some have the priestly anointing to minister the gospel and to carry the load into the Holy of Holies and to and to be the the um, uh, the the minister preacher anointed one. But the other side of that anointing is there's also a kingly anointing that is to provide for and to be able to resource for. Um, And and so uh, having the. Um, the role as a provider for missionaries before I became a missionary and now being the missionary and being provided for is quite a humbling experience. Yeah. Just to be honest with you. Well, yeah, to Um, see both sides of the coin, if you will. Yeah. The second, second thing I wanted to bring up, and I don't mean to be disrespectful in this, how old were you when you did your first, started your first term? How old were you? We left to go to language school. I was um, uh, two. I started language school uh, a week away from being 46. 46. Uh, 45. Okay. I'm All sorry, right. 45. Well, there you go. See, I, now I'm really scared. I mean, I'm 41. God's going to call me to Africa now. I mean, uh, okay. The, the reason I bring that up is not to be figure out how old you are and whatever, sure. say you're old or young, is that my greatest missionary hero is a guy named Ron DeVore. He was not Assemblies of God, but he was a missionary to Uganda. And he uh, started being a missionary. He was an engineer for much of his life into his early 60s. Go. And yeah. he accepted the call of God to Uganda. He ended up planning uh, 30, 40 churches, had a central yep. church in um, Kampala, which was huge. He had jail ministry. He started a ministry called Feed His Lambs, which uh, for orphans, and all because he accepted the call of God. And, you know, basically what America said to him was like, hey, 
you're older now. It's time to get the RV. It's time to enjoy life. It's time to right. do this and that. But he had a radical call of God and he stepped out on bait. And I just want to keep telling people it, it's never too late to step into the missions plan God has for your life because every person has one. God is calling everyone to participate in missions on some level. And it doesn't matter what age you're at, where you're at. Uh, it's time to step into the the missions call that God has on your life. That's not exclusive to just the missionaries we see on the board or that coming to churches. No, that's that's true. That's very true. And as a matter of fact, when we went through our our uh, missionary training, it was amazing to see all of the different ages. Of course, you have the young, yeah, but, but guys <laughs> in their fifties and in their sixties that were launching out into missions. Uh, you know, in, in, in our Assemblies of God Fellowship, we used to have a policy where yes, if you were I, I over, over, over 35, you know, you were too old. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> I, I would have never been allowed. But um, uh, the the times they are a-changing, as as we've been told, um, and, they, and they have changed, and it's been a good season. And we've watched yeah. a lot of people that have a seasoning in their life uh, go into missions and do great things. And of course, uh, it's challenging um, trying to acquire basic language skills at 45, 46 years old. Um, <laughs> sometimes I want to put my head through a wall. And so uh, it was difficult, but God always enabled the strength for, uh, for the season. And so um, you keep the you keep the main thing the main thing, and you keep marching forward. And the the, the true word here is obedience. What's God asking you to do, and mm-hmm. are you being obedient to it? And Amen. That's, that's the call. Yeah, and it's ne- it's never too late, but it's never too early either. No, uh, my daughters, right. I got to hook up w- uh, with you. They are both well, they're junior and senior, but they're both graduating. They're both finishing up their licensing with this. Uh, but you know, my oldest daughter. She's going to go to the College of the Ozark. She's on the verge of getting licensed with the Sims of God. She's going to do, she wants to be a nurse practitioner, but she wants to be a missionary. And she got that call when she was on a short-term missions trip to Haiti at the age of, I think, five or six years old. So it's never too early to start doing missions, never too late either. And in in many careers, one one of my colleagues in Cameroon is a a builder. And um, he, he, he was never a pastor. He never pastored a church. Uh, but he went to to uh, to Africa to build tabernacles, to build churches, mm-hmm. and so he he on our on our compound in Cameroon. There's a steel fabrication shop. He's trained Cameroonians how to weld. They are the they they have good good paying jobs, um, and so he's brought you know income to families, and and they build, and then they take off, and there's a whole team of other guys that go and and put tabernacles up. So. For, for about $4,000, your church um, can send the funds to this particular missionary, and right on the compound there, he builds the, he builds the, uh, the trusses and the legs, mm. and they load it up on a speed-to-light vehicle and take it across country wherever it needs to go and set it up, and in about a month, you'll have a tab up wow. that you've paid for. <laughs> um, and, that, and, and, and we see the same thing with, with, um, uh, with, with medical professionals. Uh, we have a a couple of uh, uh, of MDs, uh, medical doctors, on our field in in Africa, as well, and a host of nurses uh, that are licensed and qualified and and doing medical, um, you know, community health evangelism projects and things. Uh, filtered in that with uh, uh, well, 
funny choice of words with water filtration systems mm-hmm. uh, throughout all of the different communities where we can put it in. Sawyer Water Filters mm-hmm. is doing a huge project across Africa uh, right now, and and our missionaries are a part of that. There's there's so much yeah. um, that if the Lord drops it in your heart, ask questions because the Lord will open the right door. Wow. Praise God. Well, let's get into this now. Cameroon, you're in Cameroon. Let's talk about this ministry, how God brought you to Cameroon, and what's happening in the life of the ministry right now. Well, we are in a unique season, so let me tell you a little bit about Cameroon, and then I'll pivot uh, to our to our next season. Cameroon is a is a unique place. Um, there's a lot of of uh, unrest, uh, political unrest. Um, there's a lot of fighting. Uh, that's going on. There's a couple of regions that are primarily English that are being uh, repressed. Um, and so uh, pre, pre-COVID numbers, I haven't heard anything since, I guess, a year ago now. Um, but as of a year ago, uh, there had been a couple of hundred villages burned to the ground, a uh, hundred of our churches destroyed, mm. um, 750,000 people that they just could not account for, had no idea where they were. Over a million children so far, uh, over a million children have not been to school now in four and a half years um, because of the fighting and keeping things closed down. Mm. Um, Incredible need, incredible need, incredible opportunity. Um, But but where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And we're watching the church grow. We're watching things move forward. The the uh, general superintendent there, um, he takes teams himself and goes and ministers to the refugee camps, uh, not only in, in Cameroon, but also across the, the border into uh, Nigeria. Um, there's there's just a lot of work to be done. The children's ministry side, when we arrived in Cameroon, we were the only missionary within our fellowship there. Mm-hmm. And so we were developing relationships and building relationships, uh, preaching in churches and teaching in kids' churches and, and working our way into uh, some, some, uh, some levels where we could, where we could uh, be a part. Um, the, the one thing, you know, you and, I, you and I, you called me and we had a two-minute conversation and then we launched into this uh, podcast. And, mm-hmm. and the culture in Cameroon is such where we wouldn't do this for three months. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, uh, first conversations, we would be talking a lot. And so building relationships was our first primary primary function there, okay. knowing that it was going to take months and months and months. Yep. While there, I took over the steel fabrication shop. And, and at the end of our 11 months there, the missionary, uh, his name is David. When he came back, he had 15 tabernacles ready to put up. Um, so we were integral in in participating in in field events and field ministry as well um uh at the end of our 11 month time there our our visa was was expiring we had uh literally four days left on our visa Uh, we could not get an extension we had exhausted every appeal would not grant us residency had exhausted again every appeal and and the boss just said you're going to have to get out and come back to the states so we came back to the states um, because Cameroon has has extremely limited medical care. We decided to do medical follow ups and checkups, and I had a uh, a cyst in my right kidney that needed some attention. 
So they decided to do a needle biopsy. In the process of the needle biopsy, um, uh, started bleeding excessively, and they had to put some type of gel foam type substance in to stop the bleeding, lost control of it. Long story short, I lost 90% of my kidney uh, due to damage that day on the table. Oh, wow. Over the next um, two and a half weeks, as that kidney died off inside of me and that uh, tissue was um, was flushed out of my system, uh, I, I had a huge fluid backup, um, gained uh, 25 pounds overnight that I can prove. <laughs> wow. um, uh, literally, um, some somehow there's there's been a bunch of spinal uh, traffic interruption, nerve traffic interruption, uh, have constant nerve pain. I take nerve blockers to try and uh, function at all. Um, but in that next few hours after that incident, I, I ended up because of the trauma having four strokes. Um, and so I, I know you can't tell it by talking to me, but <laughs> there is a lot of, 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 uh, mental inability uh, there's there's a lot of challenge there cognitively hmm. there's uh uh there's there's just some some challenge that we've worked through i've worked very diligently to gain back all that i can gain back wow um in the time frame that i've had we were cleared for itineration a year ago we've itinerated now for a solid year through covid and and the mess um constantly staying in contact with my doctors adjusting medications doing different things. Um, about six weeks ago, um, my, my main doctor that I'm, that I'm seeing for all of the rehab issues just basically said, there's, there's no way I'm going to let you go back to a third world, uh, no medical care context. You still need an oversight at this point. So mm -hmm. we started praying and asking questions and, um, you know, if I believe that God was in the past and in my today and that he will be in my tomorrow, then I have to trust him Yes. in, in these seasons. And so we said, Lord, you're already there. So show us our tomorrow. And, um, and we've watched as the Lord has done just exactly that. And mm. so I'm telling you information that has <laughs> not even been sent out to our supporters. We've not communicated it yet. We've talked mm. to some of the national leaders in Cameroon and told them that we would not be able to return and that the Lord is allowing us to pivot and has a place for us in South Africa. Praise God. Where we will remain um, close to medical care. But what we didn't know is that God was preparing a role for us uh, to play there and to fulfill there in, in the ministry to children and the children's ministries of South Africa. Um, there's a, a new initiative that was beginning uh, literally days before we started our first conversations um, with the national office in Springfield. And, and that initiative from, from South Africa is for children's ministry and taking uh, leadership training and teacher training and children's ministry uh, understanding, taking that to a, a, not just a national level, but a regional and a local level, hmm. identifying leadership and identifying the levels of leadership uh, to be able to do that and see effective training carried on and carried through for generations and for the younger generation yeah. to grow up uh, knowing and serving Jesus. You know, we look at we look at something as simple as our own military. And in our own military, 
we wouldn't have an entire military of privates with one general. There's yeah. got to be levels of leadership. <laughs> and so even yeah, in our church understanding and our training and our our levels of leadership, there there has to be equipped level equipped, that's the key word, equipped levels of leadership to be able to see training happen at all levels. And so mm. that's going to be our function in South Africa. We're looking to be uh, going there probably this summer, uh, hopefully July, we will get there and begin our role. And uh, by that time, we'll have a a better grasp on some things. So who knows? Yeah. Your uh, friends in Lesotho, <laughs> we, we may become friends as well. So. Hey, hey, yeah, I'll come hang out with you a little bit there in Lesotho. <laughs> or, excuse me, in South Africa. Then, you know, we'll go out and uh, I'll take you to a couple local biltong shops that I frequent yeah, when I'm there. Uh, and yeah. then head on over to Lesotho <laughs> with Rich and Deb Reed. Man, that's my neck of the woods for sure. I've been dying to get back there. I haven't really done a lot of ministry in South Africa. It's obviously yeah. a, a very transitional place to get from. Uh, it's a hub, if you will, Johannesburg there sure. to yeah. get to a lot of places. But I would always uh, go to Johannesburg, stay there for a day or two, and then transition sure. over to it's Lesotho. When you see uh, Johannesburg or Pretoria, that area, yep. um, many many people judge South Africa by those two cities yeah. that <laughs> right. form that area. Um, but if you if you drive 30 minutes in any direction outside of the city, you're mm-hmm. going to see uh, the bush. You're going to see yeah, extreme, yeah, I know. Pro- extreme <laughs> poverty. You're going to see all of those things. And so yeah. the diversity that you see there is is very deceiving and misleading. Yes, um, right. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, the the uniqueness of that um, uh, of of that church setting and how to relate in that setting um not, not that I have all knowledge, because I don't. We're relying on the Lord. But as we look at our experience in being in 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 rural settings like uh, uh, like a lot of Kentucky or or different things, yep. and and then the Metro DC area where you know um, half of your kids their their parents work for the Pentagon, um, yep. you know, there's there's a vast difference in how. Ministry happens even in the states from one region to another. Yes, and so yep. uh, how the Lord has prepared us and how He's equipped us. Uh, look, look back on, and this is for your your audience. Each one, you can look back and see how the Lord has prepared you for the steps that you're in right now. And and as you do that, it builds faith for the steps that He's challenging you to take for the future. Yeah. Wow. That's good. One one other note I want to touch on. We'll kind of wrap things up here today. You just brought some great information, insight, stories for us today. A children's ministry, the importance for children's ministry. I think that one of the things that's hilarious with uh, my friend, Rich and De- friends, Rich and Debris there is when they started uh, doing children's ministry in Africa, you know, they told the story of how they started off with like a children's conference or something like that. And uh, all of a sudden they have uh, arriving three-year-olds and like 30-year-olds and they're like what's right. what's going on right now <laughs> and they had to you know add not not trying to make it an american church but talked about children's ministry for them is like if you're not married so they would do right. children's events and they would have like literally like 30-year-olds showing up and be like uh you're not a, you're not really a kid and so they had to really start um you know, switching some of those things up because obviously, you know, a 20 year old male is not going to be dealing with the same issues as a five year old boy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and that's true in a lot of, uh, certainly any, anybody that I've talked to or any experience that I've had on the continent, that's true. 
Um, but that's also true even um, even in some European countries. When we were in France in language school, um, not that they called everybody children's ministry, um, but there was a different standard of understanding. Uh, there was a, a not standard, expectation may be the better word. There's a different expectation of what um, anyone under the age of 21, 22, 23 would understand. In, in France, uh, um, for instance, in, in France, um, it's not recognized, most places it's not recognized that a child can receive Christ until they're 14. Hmm. And, and in Africa, it's much the same uh, for some of the same reasons, and some of them are different. But um, training pastors... Uh, one of the things that we've seen is such a lack of understanding, even in the ministry side or the pastoral side, of the importance of ministry to children. Um, by the time by the time a, a kid is a teenager, there's a there's a growing uh, uh, desire to see them have the knowledge of Jesus, but not necessarily the saving knowledge, uh, because they just there's a lot of folks that just say they can't understand and can't receive. And, you know, I, I got saved when I was five and I understood, mm-hmm. um, though I was naive, I still understood. Uh, I had a level of understanding and I believe that if we will teach at the level of understanding, uh, children can receive children yeah. can be, um, can be motivated by the spirit of God in ways Quite honestly, that some adults won't <laughs> listen to. Um, uh, not not to be mean, uh, um, but that's true. I, I it, while we were in Tanzania, I heard this story of a of a children's group that that uh, the children's pastor uh, taught a lesson about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and and basically she taught with her eyes closed because she was afraid of what she was teaching. She didn't fully understand even what she was teaching. She just knew she was supposed to. At the end of the service, every one of her children were, were filled with the Holy Spirit in her kids' church. And then they turned and said, what can we do for Jesus? What can we do for Christ? Wow. <laughs> and she said, you know, I, di- I didn't really know what to say to them. So I I said, you pray and the Lord will tell you. And, um, and the Lord told them to go plant a church in a neighboring community. And they did. The wow. children took off the next Saturday and went and the children preached. So two hour walk to the village through the bush and they went and they preached. And after three months, there were enough Christians in that village from the children preaching every Saturday that there were enough Christians in the village. They needed a pastor to take over the church. Wow. Praise God. And a pastor came to take over the church and the children looked at their leader and said, we've been praying again and asking God what's next. <laughs> and, uh, and off they went. So, you know, recognizing, um, the spiritual capacity of a child, we we even uh, hinder that here in the states if we're not careful. Yeah. Um, uh, in 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 a lot of different ways, but I I know the Lord has great things in store for the children. I and at whatever age. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, it has to be geared toward their age and and mentality level and understanding. Because you're right, twenty and five are not the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not remotely wow. the same. But that's a that's a true challenge in a lot of different places. Yeah. Well, Tim Land, uh, tell us how we can be praying for you and supporting you, or people that might be listening to this, how they could follow or uh, get dialed into what's happening with your ministry. 
Sure. We we appreciate your support. You guys have supported us for a number of years uh, from the get-go, um, and we, we appreciate that. Pray for us as we uh, finish this part of our itineration out. Pray for us as we uh, finish out the medical um, uh, steps necessary to get us from here to South Africa, um, and even the, the adjustment medically to getting there physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and settled there. Um, you know, one of one of the things that just simple things. I'm I'm going to be on an airplane in a week, uh, and I don't know what cabin pressure will do to my head. So, mm. just the simple things like that. Um, um, uh, the the unknowns, you know. Um, and so those things we are uh, leaving one behind in college at Southwestern in Waxahachie, Texas. Um, she is in ministry training on her way as a missionary to Burundi when she gets out of school. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, um, we've, we've raised two daughters and looks like we're going to turn out two missionaries as well as (laughs) having had two MKs. And so, um, my youngest is finishing her 10th grade year this year. And so all of this transition for her, it's in pivotal years for her, uh, strategic times for her. So prayers for her would be appreciated. Her name is Caitlin. Okay. My oldest daughter, her name is Whitney. Um, those those are our prayer requests. Um, that, that seems kind of um, selfish to make them personal, um, but that's that's a lot where we are personally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, is is really just uh, taking the next steps um, uh, of of uh, of obedience personally. Um, as far as contact, um, the, the best way is if you can remember the lands in Africa, our last name is land, okay. make that plural, like the, the lands, um, mm-hmm. uh, that we, that we see across the horizon, the lands in Africa, the lands in Africa, uh, that's our, that's our Gmail email address. That's our web address, the lands in Africa.org. That's our, um, that will be our, our Facebook page, the way to get to our Facebook page. Uh, we've made that more private. So to friend myself, uh, Tim Land, or my wife, and her Facebook is Jennifer, two N's, one F, Jennifer Land. And then we can add you to our Facebook group um, as, a, as, a, as a private group. Um, and we'll we'll welcome and pray for you as you pray for us and uh, move forward for the kingdom. Amen. That's great stuff, Tim Lands. Thank you so much for joining us on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. If you like this, hey, share it with someone. Great, inspiring missionary story. I appreciate you guys so much. We'll talk to you next time.